0: Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up, and I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. This is Pasha Marlowe from the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I am with you today with another exciting guest. This is Kim Ward.
1: Woo!
0: Where's the applause? Hey. <laughs> And Kim, we're videotaping this and audio recording. I oh, forgot to tell to you, yeah, somebody might, might watch it. Some, some people like to watch the podcast and some people like to listen. Both are fun yeah. because my guests are always colorful personalities with so much to see and hear. Kim, uh, And there it is, and there it is. Social distancing queen t-shirt. Kim is a certified master transformation coach and ooh, with, with diplomas on the wall, <laughs> and a uh, published author, and an extraordinary human being. Um, I met Kim through a leadership public speaking group, um, and Kim did a authentic, raw, funny, really heartfelt. Post about suicide prevention and and then I think I did one too and I don't a similar theme and we reached out to each other and we connected on the fact that we both have this close to our heart experiences around issues of suicide and we also both have vibrancy and humor and lives full of pain and pleasure all as one so this is gonna be one for the books y'all because we're improving
1: it I'm gonna have you follow me around and just roll out that introduction everywhere I go because that was pretty okay. bad ass. yeah like I was, that? yeah okay I was actually cool. wondering how we met I'm like I don't even know anymore <laughs> you mean
0: you mean so many people online you're just like where do I know you what's the context <laughs> yeah um, yeah you did a post and you know I think it's I think it's really brave when people talk about their deepest pain points, um, that are often wrapped up in shame. And, um, and yet now that I've been taught and I'm sure it's similar to you with your story, it's like, it's almost becoming relatively easy to talk about because it is so much a part of my mission and my purpose that I, I feel like it's my duty and my calling to talk about suicide and suicide prevention. So it doesn't even feel taboo anymore, which is how I'm hoping other things like, like sexuality or body shame, like I, all of it, I just want it all to become normalized. So you're the perfect glad, person to no, talk
1: to. I'm glad to hear that because I've never had a filter. I mean, ever in high school. I, my, I, my boyfriend in high school, he would walk by my classroom and yell the word twat just because I liked the word and it would crack me up in my classroom. And i was just like, Oh my gosh, that's my man. I love that boy. And <laughs> so I've never had a filter. So as you grow, right. Other people's expectations of you kind of mold the person that you're turning into. So I went through the corporate world. I became a very polished adult, but you feel kind of locked, right? You caged uh-huh. inside of yourself and you're like, wow, I can't show my real personality or I can't talk about this particular subject because it might upset somebody. And finally, I I was like, look, I D G A F. I don't give a fuck. All right. I don't, I'm going to be authentic. Mm -hmm. If it hurts your feelings, if it's not for you, I'm never going to be disrespectful. Never. Mm -hmm. There's a very different, you know, um, just kind of presentation of being an asshole and disrespectful or just being authentic. And I, I finally said, F it. I'm ripping off the band aid. I'm literally going to be myself. And boom, my life exploded. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Wow. This is pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Fun releasing.
0: Are there any spaces where you still feel like you feel yourself shrinking or playing small to accommodate the spaces? Like even if it's the grocery store and, and on a larger scale places, like or, or, marriages or family reunions, or I'm just curious where
1: you still feel like you're like, I probably shouldn't go full out cam now. There's w- only one area, literally only one area. And for some reason, I still can't talk about sex in front of my dad or around my dad. Okay. I won't do it. My mom's dead. So that's fine. Okay. Um, I remember talking to my mom about sex when I was a teenager and I told her I'm having an affair, not with my husband. Currently? now. Are you currently? No, God, no, I love <laughs> she, she, Kim who says she has no filter. I'm like, okay, well then let's just put it up. I'm having bring it. it on. This is the, this is the one guy I would never know. I love this man, but my ex-husband was an absolute narcissist. I didn't know that at the time, total narcissist. So I was like, okay, not for me. And so I told my mom, I'm having an affair, And she looked at me and said, that's okay. It won't be your first one. Okay. That legit. And for some reason, like my brothers, they can talk about sex. They can talk about what girl they banged. They can talk about all the, but if my dad's around, I'll look at my husband and be like, you better shut your fucking mouth. Mm. No, we didn't do, did there? Nope, nope, nope. Don't. Nope. And I don't know why, but I just can't do it. Okay.
0: And do you, do you feel, have you ever talked to him about that? Or have you ever had conversations like around
1: the parameters of nope. sex? No, nope. <laughs> like I even shy around, like I have three babies. Obviously I like to have sex. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> not like he doesn't know. Yeah, Exactly. It. And but he I had can, it. He did. Yeah, a little pig. I just can't even say the word around him. I'm like, ah, my husband's like, why are you like that? You have no filter. I'm like, Ooh, it's inappropriate. <laughs> And I become like a little schoolgirl again. So your upbringing, what was it like? Oh my gosh. Totally fucked. So totally. um, So my dad now is actually my mother's fourth husband. He's not my biological father, but he did adopt me when I was 13. So my mom, who was, I mean, a raging, raging alcoholic, she had four babies by the time she was 24. And my entire childhood, all I remember is her dancing on pool tables, um, lots of parties in the backyard. And I learned how to cook. I learned how to change diapers at the age of eight. I was literally, I was the oldest. Mm-hmm. So I was taking care of my siblings. And that's really where all the dysfunction started.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. truly. Yeah. And so that's was to be, to meet Your father who comes onto the scene at 13 during puberty, that sounds like it could have been traumatic just in terms of the age you were at that time and all the responsibility put on. Honestly,
1: and not exaggerating, um, and God rest my mother's soul. I mean, I know she's dead and my brothers hate when I talk bad about my mom, but it's the truth. And I don't like to sugarcoat things. Uh, You never know when your story is going to inspire someone or impact or empower but my mother's life was literally a revolving door of men. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was always having sex. I remember I'm traumatized from certain songs because mm-hmm. I can hear like them moaning in the song. So if it comes on the radio, i like, change it, change it, change it. <laughs> so it was legit a revolving door of men. And so when my dad came into my life at 13, I was a complete asshole to him, like complete asshole. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how things kind of ironed out they did. Um, I did try to kill myself when I was 16 and he was the one that found me and rushed me to the hospital. And they told him, if you had gotten her here five minutes later, without a doubt, she would be dead. And he became my best friend. Now he lives with my husband and I, we take care of him. I'm his caregiver and I treat him like a toddler, like I'm very, very protective over him. So it's amazing how That's this true. journey. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful story in itself that that relationship you have with him. So deep. Wow. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And so he was, was he your support um, throughout the whole, like throughout your sister taking her life? I know that that's something that you and I, um, he wasn't.
1: No. So he and my mom ended up getting a divorce because she was cheating on him. And mom married, I wanna say four more times. So by the time she died, I had counted eight husbands. Um, She was with another man when she died, they weren't married yet. But my dad, he moved down to the Florida Keys and he was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. He was no shit, he was given a 5% chance to live. And during his like serious, serious battle with cancer, Um, They had to remove his entire esophagus, most of his stomach, his spleen and 14 lymph nodes. Um, He was on feeding tubes for two full years of his life. Nestle donated two years worth of the carnation instant breakfast Mm -hmm. for him to live. Mm -hmm. And he was in the hospital when my sister died by suicide. He never got to get out of the hospital to come to the funeral. He never got to say goodbye. Still in the hospital. Several months later, his own mother died. So he lost, for all intents and purposes, his daughter and his mother in the same year while he was battling cancer. Wow, Kim. And you now, didn't know what kind of can of worms you were opening up
0: here with not. me.
1: I, this, this episode is
0: called No Sugar Coating um, <laughs> or something messier, I don't know. Um, but of course, like you said, this is going to be in service to somebody. Somebody's going to be thinking, listening to this, How can I survive this life because of all the trauma I've been through um, or illness or pain or loneliness? And and then they're going to see somebody like you, resilient and strong and brave and an advocate and activist now, and and your father going through all that. And now, I don't know how many years later, he's, he's
1: 10 years in remission. So he's still here. And now you're living with him and how it all came full circle. And yeah, so now we take care of him. And he's got a great relationship with my youngest daughter, who's six.
0: Good.
1: Um, and and it's life is settled and it feels really good. Mm. But it's funny because everyone that I talk to, they're like, just wow, like my story will blow someone's mind. Yeah. It's different when it's you and you've lived through all the shit and all the stuff, and you're like, wow I guess it really is that messed up but when you're going through it feels like the norm it's just your life right and
0: who and um, what you know do you have the same I have the same experience um perhaps as you do when I go to a therapist and I used to be a therapist so I'm already like <laughs> I know your game and I start to anticipate what they're going to say but they always say and I imagine they do with you they're like wow how did you survive all that and then you're like
1: okay this is just just not helpful. You're like, you're looking at me like, wow, really? Why are you still here? Thanks, bitch. I just paid 25 bucks. (laughs) And then there's this like long pause and they're looking like, I don't know what to do with you right now. I get that a lot. I bet. I
0: bet you do. I bet you do. So who do you lean on? Because when you've been through so much and you're a leader and you're highly functioning, it's hard to ask for help and it's hard to, to find people who can hold space for all of it and all of it's beautiful. But how, how, where do you go?
1: That's tricky because I'm a super control freak. Um, and so I've really tried to do life my own way on my own terms. And if someone tried to offer assistance or feedback, I'm like, Will you just shut the fuck up. Uh, uh -uh. I don't care what you have to say. And honestly, it hasn't really served me well, uh, because even though now I'm highly functioning and I really do have my shit together, it wasn't always like that. I mean, I started doing drugs when I was 15. I started drinking liquor and stealing it from my mom when I was 16. I got pregnant by the time I was 17, had my first baby at 18. Like I was really fucked up and I was going down a very, very bad path. And when I gave birth to my son, that was the switch that flipped everything about me. Mm -hmm. And and I started to become more put together and more thoughtful and more, you know, filtered, even though I was still me, but I learned probably because of my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, I've known this man since 1998. Mm -hmm. Um, We did not get together at the time because I was only 15 and he was 24. So he tells me I was jailbait, but Many years later, we reconnected um, and we got together in 2013. And, you know, because he was friends with my entire family, he was at my sister's funeral, you know, just watching me from a distance. And so he is a strong enough person to handle my bullshit and put me in my place and say, Look, you're really being a bitch, knock it off. And I need that kind of, yeah, I need that because I'm like, Oh, I'm being an asshole right now. Okay. And he's, he's really molded me, whether he realizes it or not. Um, So he's definitely the biggest support. And the second piece is I was telling you before we started, um, you know, recording is I'm so inappropriate and I don't think that everyone can handle that. So I started a little secret Facebook page just as an outlet for myself. And I go on a Snapchat, I grab a funny filter and I record these stupid videos that are 100% the truth. Mm-hmm. And if my mother-in-law, who's a, I can't even say the word. I know you said I could swear, but I can't even say the word. <laughs> There's, I can't, I can't do it. Just uh, imagine what that word is. I hate that woman with a passion. I could tell. But anyway, I'll record videos and I'll just go dump them on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And they're true. They're relatable. They're funny because I'm adding humor to it. And that page has just grown like wildfire without me promoting it. And without me even telling anyone I did it, it's just people need to see how you cope and how you deal. And that's one way for me. And so it feels cathartic to
0: you. And I bet it's cathartic to the people watching you release and it might give them permission to yes. do that. And that groups, the,
1: I can't fucking win group that you're talking. Yeah. About. So okay. I, I don't know if Facebook was going to shut me down. So I spelled it F-U-K-K-I-N. So okay. I can't fucking win. And I'm like every video, I end it just letting you know, like what happened today. Um, one day I was making a shake, a, a breakfast shake. And I was like, I want a little cinnamon in here. Right. So I'm drinking. And I'm like, shit, that's getting spicy. So I'm like, there's something wrong? So I took a huge gulp. Now my throat is burning and I'm like, what is happening? So I go back to my closet and I realized I put all the, uh, the chili powder oh. where the cinnamon was. I do a video knocking myself. I'm like, you asshole. I'm wondering why the shake's getting spicy. And I'm like, I can't fucking win. So that's how I end all my videos. So for people who in their life feel like they can't fucking win, they're like, I need this bitch in my life. (laughs) That's great. I'm probably building up to something that I
0: started a Facebook group recently. It's called Midlife Mischief and Merriment because, you know, because I'm I'm not as, you know, edgy and I don't do I'm I'm not there yet, Cam. I'm working on it. But um, yeah, it's a fun way to release our mischief
1: and our
0: our humor and just to let go and to have a space, even if it is a Facebook group where I'll never meet the people I'm talking to. It's like, this is me, this is messy. This is raw,
1: blah, you know, let it, let it go. Easy girl, that's how we met is a Facebook group. So you never know. Never know, that's right, that's right. But there's a lot of inappropriate mom groups. And the more, you know, of my mom friends I talk to, you find a little bit of secret in them. And they're like, oh, I'm in this mom group. And it's so inappropriate because that is a release for them. That's an outlet. And there's still that stigma of, well, I can't really show people that I cuss, or I can't really show people that I do have this side of my personality because I'm a mom or because I'm a businesswoman. And so they go into those secret mom groups and they find that outlet in that release. Yes. I think it's so important to just have that, but I don't, I'm not one that's going to hide behind the curtain. Like this is what you get. Yeah if it's not for you, it's okay. And it seems like in all the guests I've been interviewing for this podcast
0: who have this just wild, rebellious, no filter side, they've all been through the hardest shit and traumas. And that trauma usually is the catalyst for the change to be free and liberated and unfiltered. And I, I mean, thank goodness there's some gifts in that heartache and and trauma that we all go through but um but I know I've I've talked to women who have for instance gone through cancer and mm. it's after the cancer and after the um chemotherapy or after the mastectomy that they finally embrace their body and it's so fascinating to me that that for women I believe it's it's common that we have to fully break down lose everything seemingly like come apart at the seams so that we can start building ourselves back and figure out who we actually are and then relentlessly, unapologetically start to show ourselves to the world.
1: (laughs) It's funny you say that because, you know, people see me and they would never have me pegged for like a master transformation coach.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Krista Hoppola, sexologist and consciousness guide. I am proud to say that Krista is my own personal sexologist, the woman I turn to when I need to refresh my own pleasure practices. I highly recommend her to my clients and friends. Her website is kristahopala.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-H-A-P-A-L-A.com. Lots of A's, or as I say, lots of ahs. It's all pleasure with this woman. Check her out.
1: I pulled 100% of my clients and I'm like why me? Seriously, why me? There's so many badass people in the world. Why would you choose me? 100% of them said, "You tell me like it is. Your brutal honesty, your brutal honesty, your brutal honesty." <laughs> so, I'm like, "Okay, good." You know, I I used to get in trouble for having a mouth on me or for telling you like it is or for being a little rebellious. And now I legit get paid to beat these women up and say, "Look, stop, like, stop, stop, stop. I need to find the authentic you. And it's funny because my husband is, he literally watches their live videos and he follows the journeys of my client. And he goes, holy shit, they're becoming more like you with each video. He sees them. He's like, what did you do to her? What did you do to this one? I'm like, I gave that bitch her power back. Like she is authentic. She is now like living her best life because you don't have to go through that shit that you're talking about to rebuild and find yourself, you need to lock arms with someone like Pasha, like yourself, who's been through the shit, because you're willing to break those barriers for people, condense their learning curve, collapse the timeframe, let them get to that end or that desired result much faster. And that, that's, you know, I hired my first coach, and that coach had a tremendous Mm -hmm. uh, play in me finding myself again even though I've been through the trauma, I mean, what are the odds that you've had two people in your family kill themselves? You've had, you're an attempt survivor yourself. Your father had 5% chance to live with cancer, like shit after shit, after shit, after shit, and still be somewhat normal. If it's because of each, you know, but people don't have to get to that in order to find themselves. And that's kind of why I do what I do and why we're here talking and you do what you do. Absolutely.
0: And do you think if you didn't have the sense of humor that you would be able to survive what you have or be where you are right now?
1: Not even a little bit. I would have lost my shit for real. Yep. Me
0: too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: You have to laugh. And, you know, and I'm sorry to bring up such a heavy topic, but when my mother killed herself, listen, my brother had just gotten married one month prior. I was eight months pregnant with my daughter. This is a true story. It was three days after Christmas and she shot herself in the head. We went to her home and the cops let me stand over her body in the chair. You know what I said to her? I looked at her, I said, you really fucking did it this time. And that's all I could say. I'm like, you selfish bitch. It's three days after Christmas. I'm eight months pregnant. My brother just got married and you saw what we all went through when my sister died by suicide. And so even that, it wasn't a funny situation, but I was still bringing my sense of humor yes. into it. You know, it's not to sweep things under the rug, mm-hmm. but it's to allow that release and allow you know, yourself not to really get lost in the, the heartache of it all. That's so awesome. I think laughter is so important.
0: Your your story, thank you for sharing that, is, is a perfect example. Um, when I teach comedy writing or comedy technique, sometimes it's the timing was so bad of this horrible thing that that's what makes it funny. It, mm-hmm. and not that it was actually funny, but it was the, that it was so bad it was funny or that the timing or the irony around it and just what you're just saying, the, the, the timing at all, you're like really yeah. That? And, you decide. and that you were able, that there's a mathematical equation in comedy. It's a tragedy plus time equals comedy. And there's different variations of it. But people like you have learned to shorten the amount of time between the tragedy and the comedy because the tragedies keep happening. And you know that the comedy saves your life probably each time. And so do you go into situations almost witnessing yourself and being curious about how you could possibly make this annoying thing or trauma uh funny
1: do you do always 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 if you thought i need my own reality show girl if you follow me around okay oh my gosh look at romeo and Juliet, right that's a perfect example anyway i i've got like my marketing brain on because i always share my journey my my authentic journey. I'm very, very transparent for my audience because my goal is to empower and to inspire. And if they can see like, shit, this girl has been through some stuff and she's still doing life and enjoying life. It's possible for me. Mm -hmm. So I'll go outside and like, we've got goats now. And so we thought they were pregnant. So I spent more time looking at my goat's vagina than I've ever looked at my own. And so now I'm like, how can I capture the insanity of what I'm doing. Yes. And so now I started recording myself looking at their vagina and hey, I'm now like <laughs> I am the self-proclaimed goat gynecologist. So if you were to ever go to my website, you could literally search hashtag goat gynecologist and you're going to find all my shit. And it's like, I've, gotta, I've got to show the world, like, look, if you, if you just can't laugh, if you can't have fun, what the hell is the point? You're going to be so stuffy and so miserable and die a freaking miserable old age death. What was it for? Right. We're going to die anyhow. Shit's and going to happen to you anyhow.
0: Shit's going to still keep happening. Yes. Yeah. Now this episode needs to be called the goat gynecologist. <laughs> no. this, the, the name of the episode's going to change as we talk. <laughs> oh my goodness yes you're such a good example of all that and so it was interesting for me uh, to read one of your bios where you wrote a memoir and used a pen name because you were holding on to shame about it about the book and and what was released in the book and it was fascinating to me because it there's this sense probably to the outside world that all of this comes easily to you now and and that you're just you know, free to release all the truths. But we talked about prior to recording that it's not that easy, especially when it comes to family and closest to us.
1: Let me just say, you know, I, I did write a book. I'm now a two time published author, but I wrote this book because it was very therapeutic. I just needed the outlet But I really didn't want to show the world truly how fucked up my life was. I don't think I was ready for that yet. Um, So I did hide behind a pen name. Mm -hmm. Of course, my family knew I was writing the book. And I never stopped to think about the stuff that I was writing in the book. It was all true. But it was definitely going to hurt some people. Mm -hmm. And when they got the book, like, life exploded. I mean, I, I was shunned. I lost relationships. I don't talk to those people still today. Um, the funny thing is there was a part of the book where when my sister died by suicide I was five months pregnant at the time with my first daughter so as my second baby I was five months pregnant and I was down in Florida we were getting ready for her funeral I needed a shower so I go into my cousin's bathroom who we talked about before you know she grew up as a stripper. She, she did her thing. You know, she paid her way through law school at being a stripper. And so we were at her place and it wasn't like home decor was important to her. It was like, I want to pay for my Range Rover. I want to pay for law school. I want to pay for my shit. So I went into her bathroom and there was no shower curtain. It was the first time I'd been in a shower in Florida. Cause I lived in new England. So I thought, is this normal for people in Florida? Because it's like, tile bathroom. Like I was very, very confused at the time. So I was like, no problem. So I step into the shower, totally naked. My boobs are a little saggy. got my big belly and I'm like buck ass naked. And someone knocks at my door and she's like, it's mom open up. And I'm like, there's no curtain in this bathroom. I don't want you looking at my naked body. I don't care that I came out of your vagina. I don't care. She's like, just open the door. So I open the door I go back to the shower and I'm like now like I feel icky like I don't want my mom looking at me I don't know why, and so this bitch gets undressed and climbs in the shower with me your mom, my mother she really so, needed a shower <laughs> was
0: she covered in goat feces or something? Why did she need a shower right then and there
1: I don't know I'm this is how scorned I was. This is why I hid under a pen name. This is why I needed therapy. This is why I needed to get it out. And I'm like, I still to this day can look around and see the white tile, no shower curtain and two naked women. And I'm like, I, I gotta go. I, I, got, I feel very dirty right now. And I put that in the book. And I was like, I, I, I didn't want my friends and family to know, but I've done so much work on myself that it's like, look, it happened. I don't give a shit who knows or who doesn't know. If you can see what I've been through, really, truly how fucked up it was and seeing the person that I am now and how I'm able to help, not just myself, I'm a better mom. I mean, I see a tremendous difference with my daughter than I do with my son who lived through this fucked up time period. And he's just as a fucked up human being now as I used to be but I parent differently. My relationship with my husband is strong because I'm a different person. So it's almost like you had to go, th- I had to go through that in order to just let it all go and say, you know what, whatever. If you don't love me because I showered naked with my mom. Like, <laughs> right, right, yeah. we, we don't get along.
0: It's striking me though, do you have two children? I have three. Okay. <clears throat> you're because you were pregnant during two of these suicides and I'm thinking both times what an existential kind of crisis that must have been to be it was really really messed up and losing life and then you did you get pregnant after that is your your third
1: I, I don't know the. So order. when I was 17 I got pregnant right in high school
0: okay, okay with my
1: son I had to drop out of high school get my GED and raise this baby Um, and then I got, you know, I married my narcissistic husband and we got pregnant with my first daughter. And when I was five months pregnant, that's when my sister died. And that was my first experience with loss ever. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was very messed up. Like I was very messed up. And of course, working in the corporate world, they give you a whole week of bereavement, which is not enough time. So I would have to go to work and I was a corporate executive at this time. I was running a clinical lab. I had 64 employees and I ran the most, the busiest lab in all of New England. I had 200 patients a day who came through my facility and I was a fucking mess. I would start crying out of, in the middle of a conversation, people must've thought like, what is wrong with this girl? Mm -hmm. I was, I was a hot mess. And I kept telling myself, like, I'm legitimately growing a baby. I've got to be healthy. I have to be okay. I've got to be good for this child. And so the second time around, which is why the humor kind of came in, it was very ironic for lack of better terms. I'm pregnant again. Eight months pregnant this time. And this bitch kills herself. Like, you know what we went through the first time, but that you didn't give a shit enough you did it again you know anyway yes. so it was messed up
0: okay so I could sleep tonight Kim what is easy in your life and pleasurable and fun <laughs> please please give me a very long list of the things that are easy. In your life? Because I'm a big empath and a highly sensitive person. And my heart is, is pounding right now. And I want to hear I all the
1: things. Literally everything, literally everything. I wake up knowing that I truly married my partner. It yeah. took me a while to get it right, but I did. And I'm so glad I found this relationship. So I was able to retire my husband fully with, with my business. So he's not a stay at home dad. He's not a work at home dad. He truly is a do whatever the hell he wants, dad. Mm. And that was so, so important to me because this man gave 23 years of his life to the fire service. And mm. there were times where I was pregnant with our daughter or she was a newborn and I would lose connection with him for six plus hours because he was at the fire station, really dealing with serious, you know, trauma and issues. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a knock on the door telling me my husband is not Okay. There was so much fear sure. given my past. My right. brain yeah, always, yeah. always went to the traumatic, right? Absolute. that's so exactly. yeah. Now it's like, my dad is healthy. He lives with us. So I know he's taken care of. And I have a mindfulness bell that goes off randomly once an hour. And it reminds me, Kim, what are you grateful for right now? And I'm so grateful that I've been through what I've been through so that I can care for my dad with a level head, that I can be the wife for my husband. We have the most amazing sex I've ever had in my entire life. And oh, yeah. literally I will rape him in the middle of the night when he's sleeping. And he's like, what the hell? That was amazing. And I'm like, you say that every time just wake up, just get it hard. Let me get on top and let me go back to sleep. So when I tell you it's amazing <laughs> I'm so happy for you. that happened the other night and he's still talking about it. <laughs> Oh my
0: gosh. Brilliant. And it's, I mean, beyond resilience and persistency and hope. I mean, I don't even know the words, right. Um, But, but it's you, it's Kim Ward, which is why you're a brilliant transformational coach because (laughs) you. you help people walk this crazy path of life and have all kinds of wisdom and humor to make it possible, uh, to thrive even in the mess. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. How can we reach you, Kim? If oh, we gosh. wanted to,
1: uh, follow, which uh, duh, of course we do now want to follow you and make sure. Now, you're okay. So my website is lifebydesignsolutions.com. by solutions okay. Dot com. okay. I'm literally all over Facebook. Yes, I don't know, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm on Clubhouse, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. But if you type in Kim Ward, evidently there's a lot of us, oh. but there's only one of me. Oh yeah. So you got to make sure you have the right Kim Ward. You're um, very sparkly. She's a sparkly, sparkly Kim Ward. I love glitter. I love sparkle. I'm a queen. Yes. Just make yes. I am. My shirt says it. I am a social, social distancing queen.
0: That's
1: so, Honestly, yeah. Yes. Life by Design Solutions.com. You'll okay. find me from there. Yeah. She's a hoot. She's a hoot
0: to follow and wise. I always, <laughs> gynecologist. always... yes. I <laughs> the goat. Thank you for listening to the goat gynecologist. I always learn something from you, Kim, and I never really feel like I have the time to watch Facebook Lives and then I get sucked in to yours because I know something's gonna happen. Something's gonna come up. And it, and sometimes it's just really brilliant business advice, which I appreciate. <laughs> and then sometimes it's just off the wall humor, which brightens my day. So you are gifting me in your presence and work, what I hope I'm also gifting other people who follow me. So. Um, Yes, so thank you for being out there for being your raw, crazy, authentic, wild. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, so follow Kim Ward. And if you want to continue a conversation with me, reach out to me about coaching or Roar With Laughter or the podcast or anything we've been talking about. If you need a referral to a goat gynecologist, (laughs) talk to Kim. (laughs) But
1: but (laughs) Once Once your vaginal steaming episode comes out, I might need some advice for my goats because I spend so much time with their vaginas. Oh my
0: goodness, Kim. Let's do some uh, vaginal steaming for goats. It's called Yoni steaming for, for women. Um, I wonder if it would be Yoni steaming for goats. I'm going to, I'm going to have to look into that. I'm going to call my, my Yoni steaming friend and find (laughs) out. Yeah. All right, y'all. If you want to reach out to me, PashaMarlow.com or email me at Pasha at PashaMarlow.com. If you're having fun listening to these wild podcasts, please share or maybe even leave a review. I would appreciate both so much. So good to spend time with you all today. Bye. Bye, Kim. Bye, thank you.